Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Before we dismiss our children's classes, I want to uh, I want to give an opportunity for Sister Kayla and Sister Elena to share with you. They were asked to be a part of a young ladies conference that took place over on the west side this past weekend and these two ladies give and give and give and give and well they gave some more this past weekend and I'm thankful for that I know that people around the the state even recognize when they see people such as this and I want to take a minute I want to acknowledge them but I also want to give them a chance to just tell you a little bit about what they saw, what they did, and what they were a part of. Sister Kayla. Good morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> so Esther Conference was October 1st through the 3rd, so I actually got to spend my birthday um, with an amazing group of ladies. The conference was phenomenal. It was the first one um, that Washington State has had. Um, and when I tell you that God moved he really moved. He touched every single person's life there. Um, just the power that you felt was so heavy. So like God's love, his passion, his, his favor just fell upon all of us. The, the speakers were amazing. The music was amazing from beginning to end and everything in between was just wow. Um, I can honestly say that it changed my life and I was so thankful to be a part of it. Um, I was exhausted because it was a lot of work, but I benefited from it so much. Um, we learned just so much about what it means to be a woman of God, what it means to be a child of God and, and how we are so called and so chosen and we don't need anything from this world and and the standards of the world don't match us i don't fit the standards of the world and i'm never going to and what we hope that the ladies learned at that conference and if you were able to it was live um broadcasted live on facebook so if you do look up um washington or Washington Esther Conference on Facebook. You should find it and re-watch those services because, wow. Um, you just learn that the mold that you're trying to fit into in this world is never going to work for you, ever. You are always going to feel like you don't belong because you don't belong. We are not called to be in the world, or we are in the world, but we are not called to be of the world. And I know that we say that a lot, but it's the truth. And over and over and over and over again, it's the truth. The world has nothing for you, ladies. Nothing. We're called to be classy. We're called to be women of God who show the world who Jesus is through us, through his love, by being the light in the world by, by showing people, oh, I could, I could react in the way that the world wants me to react, but I'm not going to. Why? Because I have God. I don't need to tell that person, you know, what's up. I don't need to react negatively. I can just say, oh, thank you, you know, or 
to look a certain way. I don't have to look the way that the magazines tell me I have to look. I don't have to dress like that. God called us to be his. So no matter what you do, no matter what we do, the world, the world doesn't fit us because we're not meant to be of the world. Our home is heaven. Our king is Jesus. That's never going to change. So you can try to, to fight it. You can try to, to, you know, well, let me see. No, God just wants you. He just wants your heart. He just wants to make sure that what you are on the inside matches him, matches his love, matches his glory, matches his grace, his mercy, and everything else falls, everything else falls into place. You don't have to worry about anything because he created you. And I've said this before, out of 7 billion people in the world, every single one of us, he called. And he could have had a different person out of the 7 billion people. He could have, he could have chosen somebody else, but he chose you. He chose you. He said, I want you. So that was what I got from the conference. Good morning, church. Um, as Sister Kayla said, we were blessed with an opportunity to serve. And just that alone is amazing to me. Because like how Sister Kayla said, like out of 7 billion people, like we're called. And just to see like where I've come from and like what my family's gone through and everything. Like to see that God can still use me. Like he can definitely use you. And that's what we're called to be is to be servants. We're called to be different. We're called to have revival. I mean, there's so many people out there who are lost and who don't know Christ. And we're so blessed and we're so lucky. So it's like if we're so blessed and we're so lucky, we shouldn't be taking this for granted. We should be living according to the word, what the word says. Because the word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it doesn't change just because it's a new generation. It doesn't change just because the fashion has changed. Like you still need to be modest. You still need to keep your covenant with God. Whatever that may be, whatever you're convicted of, it doesn't change over time. It's always the same because the word is the same and God is always the same. But I just want to say that I'm so thankful that we had that opportunity. I'm so thankful that we got to have that experience. Yes, it was so tiring, but it was so worth it to see those young girls in the altar bawling their eyes out and to see them just worshiping God and to praise him because he deserves all the glory and all the honor always. And to see those little girls making the... Making that dedication in their lives that they're going to serve God and they're going to be who they, he called them to be. Because we are chosen. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. Ladies, you are royal. So it's time that we start acting and we start dressing like we are royal because we are different. We are not called to be of the world. We are called to be his children. And I'm just so thankful for that opportunity. I'm so thankful that we got to see all those girls, and I got to reunite with some amazing young ladies from Washington District. My, my youth camp girls, they're just so amazing. I got the amazing opportunity last year to be a part of youth camp and be a counselor and just to see how God has changed them in a year, like to see their hunger for God, to see their dedication. Some of them aren't in church anymore, but there are those ones that are still dedicated to him, and it was just amazing to see them again. It was amazing to meet new people and new ladies of the Washington District. So ladies, I encourage you next year to make the effort to go to, to be there because it was, it was amazing. amazing.
We have an amazing youth president yes. as well. Yes, Sister Corey, did. God bless her, because she is a woman of God. She is a perfect example of what we should strive to be. Yes, next year, um, it's going to be October 7th through the 9th. So, save the date. your calendars, <laughs> save the date, save money, okay? It's okay. worth it. It's, it's very well worth being there. <laughs> Let's give them a hand. Amen. I appreciate all of our young people. I would mention we, uh, we originally had a larger group. Brother Timothy, if you can mute that microphone. I think it's causing a ring over here. Amen. Amen. Uh, we, we did have a group of other young ladies that were going to go with them originally, but uh, my wife and I made a decision to just send our ambassadors, <laughs> these, two, these two young ladies. Um, and I, like I said, I appreciate them. I appreciate all of our young people. We have such great young people. We're really blessed that way. And they're great. I, I love all of you. Thank you for that. Amen. We'll dismiss our children to their classes at this time. Praise God. The Lord is good. The Lord's moving in our children's lives. Amen. I'm thankful for that. Praise God. Amen. Why don't you stand one more time? You've been sitting long enough. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Lord, we exalt you. We praise you, Jesus. There is none like you. Father, we give you glory and honor today. Jesus, you are wonderful and excellent. You are awesome, my God. You are awesome, my God. Hallelujah. Jesus, I give you praise. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for each person that you've brought here today. Jesus, I'm thankful I get to be a part of your work, a part of your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm going to read from a few different passages here. And uh, the Lord's been talking to me. <laughs> I appreciate when the Lord talks, and uh, I hope this doesn't come across as disrespectful, but I even appreciate sometimes when it feels like he's rambling. <laughs> and I say that with all respect and reverence to the Lord, but sometimes, and I know it's not him, I know it's these ears right here and this brain in here, but sometimes he'll say something and like, okay, yeah, I got that. And then he'll say something else. Okay, yeah, I got that. And he'll say something else. All right, I'm trying to pick up all the things, all the, all the words and all the pieces that you're giving me. And uh, so I feel like he's been giving me some pieces today. And I just want to try to talk about this and let the Lord minister to us. I believe that today he's going to speak some things to us that are for us. And then I believe he's going to do some things in us that will be for others. And I'm thankful for, for what I feel here. I want to start in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. 
I give honor to my wife today. I'm thankful that she's here. All that she does for us as a congregation. All the rest of you, thank you for your help. I give honor to Bishop and Sister Schoonover, even though they're not here. I appreciate them. Love them. Proverbs 4 and 23, it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence. Everyone say your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart. So we, we know what we're talking about is our hearts. But what is it about our hearts that we're talking about? Well, this is Solomon, right, that wrote Proverbs. And he's a wise, wise man. And he's telling us to keep, that means to guard, protect, insulate your heart with all diligence. Give strict attention to how you're guarding your heart. You have to be intentional about this. I cannot just say, well, everyone else around me and those that I come in contact with, they love me enough and they care about me and my well-being enough that we're collectively going to look out for my heart. I hate to break it to you. But this is not a collective effort kind of verse. This is a you as an individual mandate kind of verse. You're being told, keep your heart, your own heart, diligently. For out of it are all, sorry, for out of it are the issues of life. Your life, the issues of your life. Now you can pick any issue when, because this is saying all. Every issue of your life. It comes out of here. This is an, a, an effect of it. We, I heard a, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. I don't even remember who it was. Some of you might know better than me. I heard a comedian one time talk about the heart and, uh, you know, why, why do we choose the heart to represent all the things that it represents? And it's because, well, if I told my wife I love her from the bottom of my liver, that wouldn't really sound right, would it? Or I love you with my entire small intestine. That doesn't make sense. But when I say I love you with all my heart, well, yeah, okay, that may, you put it in the right context. That's just another organ, right, like those other ones, if you think about it in those terms. But we know it has a kind of un, uh, a, a, an unspoken or a hidden uh, message there that when I say my heart, I'm not just talking about this organ, I'm talking about all of me, my life, my emotions, my feelings, and everything that's in here. You know, and I express that through saying this is part of my heart. So when, he, when even when Solomon wrote this that many years ago, he's, he's not saying, you know, Make sure you eat enough fiber. Make sure you uh, stay on the low cholesterol diet. He's saying, guard what this thing represents. It's another word for it could be your inner man. The inner human being that's inside of you. Guard 
that with all diligence. Because out of it comes the issues of life. You know, when, you're saying, when you say you have a bad day, I'm just having a bad day. Those are issues coming out of here. When you say, I'm having a great day, things are going well. Those are issues coming out of here. I mean, I love, I love Brother Miguel back there, but if he's having an awesome, wonderful day, I can't just say, well, I'm having a great day because those are his issues coming out of his heart. That's a central thing to him. And vice versa. When I, but it, you know what is, what's nice about it is if I'm having a bad day and you're having a good day and our hearts, our inner men, our inner person get to interact, then hopefully some of that goodness, those good issues, all of that love and the, the thankfulness and all the things that make up your good day will sort of rub off on my inner man. And that exchange takes place. We, this is a, it's, it's a very plain and simple scripture. I think even if we tried to memorize this, we could probably memorize this in a matter of minutes. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4, 23. Now, I want you to look at, a, a, look at Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Knowing this, how the scripture says and how Solomon says, out of the heart are all the issues and you guard the heart. There, there's something that Jesus said here. We're going to read some words of the man Jesus Christ in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I, I, I don't intend to just fixate on our hearts and our, and our inner, me, in, inner beings today, but I want to point that out. So we can see in a, at a greater level, what is Jesus really about? What, what's he care about? What does he want to do? What's his purpose? Well, he reads it here. Yeah, yeah, he, he reads it here. He doesn't just say it. If you look at the context of what's happening in Luke 4, Jesus goes into a temple where there's the Pharisees and the Sadducees and others the, 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 the real spiritual people, right? The church-going type people. And Jesus goes there and it says he takes a scroll from Isaiah. Is it Jeremiah? So, so Jesus takes the scroll and he says this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So when he's reading this, he's actually reading words that the prophet wrote back, way back in the past. Now I'm going to give you a little heads up. Before we even read all this, after Jesus finishes reading this, it says he gave, gives him the scroll back and he says, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. So he's given them the insider information, a clue. What I just told you is the fulfillment of that prophecy from that prophet back then. So, but this is what he says. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
Why? So, because. I, I like the word because. It makes it pretty simple, or I can understand it. Because. Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon Jesus? Because. The Spirit of the Lord hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Okay, that's one aspect. It is Isaiah. I didn't want to fight you over that, brother. <laughs> so he says, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me, now watch this, he sent me to heal the, the lame people, right? The deaf people, right? No, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Now, heal, it means what we think it means, to actually, you know, make, a, make a, an illness better to take an infirmity and, and fix it whatever you know to cure is, a, is another meaning of that word but he's saying i'm here to cure the brokenhearted there could be no physical evidence or manifestation uh, of that type of it if you'll let me use it this way injury or sickness or illness and the Lord could still stop a man in his tracks and say, you need a healing today. What do you mean? I can, I can hear, I can see, I can walk. You know, I can do all, I've got all my faculties. And, and, and I'm, I'm intact. You know what? You still need a healing today. What do you mean? How can you tell? How do you know? Because I was sent to heal the brokenhearted. And the Lord, when he looks at a person, he doesn't just look at the outward and say, oh, man, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a, a splint on his wrist, so he must need some help there. No, he knows inner and outer. That inner man that we talked about in Proverbs, the heart, is exactly what Jesus is saying here. There's... A such thing as a broken-hearted person. And broken, there's no hidden meaning with that. What that means is it means basically torn apart, broken into pieces, shattered, however you want to think of it. I mean, if I picked this thing up and threw it as high as I could and fell back, it'd probably bro be broken, right? At, le at least into two pieces. But that's a, that's a literal example. So he's saying, I'm looking at your heart and I'm seeing that it is broken into pieces. If we could all travel back, however many years it would be for you to be about 15 years old. Some of you, you might have to travel ahead a little bit. Some of you are close. And then some of you might have to go a little further back than the rest of us. But remember what it was like to be about 14, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old. And do you remember how, I don't know, it, it, uh, my oldest daughter's 13, so she's not quite there yet, but I just can't wait till I hear, well, I, I've heard this, but, you know, it's from a child's perspective. I can't wait to hear this from the teenage perspective. 
But I love that person. I love him. I love her. And the adults in the room like, roll the eyes. You think. I know you think you love them. I know you think you love. And, and, and you feel like right now, you know, you're, 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 you're experiencing every possible human emotion. But it's because, see, you, you, you progress, and this is not a psychology thing class today but you progress from from a childhood to an adolescent and then as you get older you start to become more aware of feelings that you didn't even know existed you know five years ago seven years ago and you start to oh and I, I, I identify with that feeling I know that feeling I'm starting to experience it oh and I love them Three months ago, you weren't even capable of loving somebody. What are you talking about? <laughs> but, but see, we, 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 we think that, but I use that as an example because you could also see from that extreme, you know, a week later, I hate them. I never want to see them again. I don't want to talk to them anymore. They hurt my feelings. Uh, no, that's going, oh, nope, I, I am over that. Uh, hang on pause you loved them and now you're over them well yeah they said something they did something and and they wouldn't probably use this terminology but what we say is you're just heartbroken right now you're just heartbroken well and then they might even say well he broke my heart she broke my heart we think about this often i think in terms of relationships right with boyfriends girlfriends so forth there's a there's an element of a romance there that we think well that's where the heart is and then if that is ended we say oh i'm heartbroken well the the romantic aspect of it is only one aspect of it you could be broken hearted for any number of reasons any number of experiences that you go through in life because your heart like we said before, it's the seat of your emotions. And as soon as you're feeling an emotion, and then that emotion gets hurt or gets upset, anything other than fulfilled positively, then we would say, okay, that's heartbreak. Man, I want to go the route of Billy Ray Cyrus for a minute, but I'm really not going to in case you didn't know he was the achy breaky heart guy that's going to really date me isn't it <laughs> but so we think about that we think about in my heart you know whatever it is that i'm feeling inside of here but jesus says the lord the spirit of the lord is upon me because he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And, and this is us. Okay, we have to start by being honest with ourselves. And if anybody here wants to raise your hand and say, I've never had heartbreak. I've never experienced any kind of, you know, upset, broken emotion, damaged feelings. I'm good. That's okay. Well, come see me after church and we'll deal with that. But I think most of us, 
if we're honest with ourselves, will say, yeah, there was some point in my life, whether it was when I was a child, a teenager, or recently even, somewhere in my past, I experienced something and it left me with a broken heart. The good news is the Lord, he got up himself and said the words, I am sent to heal the brokenhearted. Thank the Lord for that. He's the healer. When we say healer, we just, we, I think, I'll be honest with you, maybe not you, but me, my mind immediately goes to a physical need. Well, he's, I got this, you know, illness or this sickness or this injury or whatever it is, and I need a healing. I need the Lord to be my healer. And he, he can and he does that. Thank the Lord for those types of healings. But we all, I, I don't think we think often enough about the fact that he has healed me in here, He's healed me in here. And he wants to do that for everyone. So he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And then he says to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. So now he's jumped. He's jumped from talking about healing brokenhearted. And then he talks about captives being set free. And then he talks about physical infirmities, the blind, recovering of sight to the blind. And then it says to set at liberty them that are bruised. So every type of infirmity, every type of sickness, weakness, illness, whether we're talking physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it is, he's he's hitting on those points there and saying, I am sent to do this. Now, we know, ultimately, even his name, Jesus, Jehovah, has become my salvation. He was sent to save us from our sins. And that's, that's ultimately what he was here for, to save us from our sins. But here in this passage, he, it's kind of like those old TV commercials. But wait, there's more. I'm not just here. For salvation. I'm not just here to to shed my blood for your sins. I am also, he says that I'm come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I want you to have more than what you have. I want you to be whole. I want you to be complete. I want you to be healed. And that's the work. That Jesus says he was sent to do. I want you to look at John chapter 9. Because this is an instance. I, I, I like this passage. Because as he says it here. Recovering of sight to the blind. And there's another passage. We might read it in a bit. Where he says you shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall. Does anybody know that word? Recover. It's, it's, in, it's multiple ways and multiple passages. But in that one, he says you're going to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Recover. Well, that means to me, you know, I'm, I don't have a cough right now. If I had a cough next week and then the week after I recovered, that would mean I'm back to like I am right now, right? So I had to be in a whole state first. I had to be in a, in a healthy well state before I can recover. 
But Jesus says here, he sent me for the recovering of sight for the blind. Look at John chapter 9 and verse 1. John 9 and 1. Jesus, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Well, hang on. I thought he was going to let the blind recover their sight, meaning like they had it at one time and then they lost it. And then he's going to allow them to recover it. Football fans, what do you do to a fumble? You recover it, right? Because you had the ball and then you dropped it. And then you recover it. If the very first play on the kickoff, psh, that's a kick and it's rolling. It doesn't make sense to say that either team recovered that because they didn't have the ball to start with, right? So, but here, because Jesus said he sent me to preach the recovery of sight to the blind. And then he passes by a man, it says, was blind from his birth. Well, hang on. Did we just stumble ac across a, uh, an exception to the Jesus rule? Is this like something that he didn't tell us he could do? I want you to see this. I want you to, because we know, right? Jesus can do anything. God can do all things. And furthermore, he doesn't misspeak. When he says his word, we don't, we don't have to examine every word. Well, did he really mean this? Or maybe he meant this and I got it wrong or he got it wrong. Or what is it? No. So he says here, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. Next verse. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin? Boy, that's quite the assumption on the part of the disciples to see a man that's blind from birth and think, well, sin must be in the picture somewhere. This is, this is our humanity on display right here, what this is. Oh, you were born like that? Somebody must have done something wrong. Right? That, that's what they said. Who did sin? This man or his parents that he was born blind? Jesus says in verse four, verse three, Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, neither. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I want you to watch the wording of what Jesus says. He he didn't just say he was born blind so that he could be healed today. That the works of God could be made manifest in him. See, it means he was born this way intentionally, but Jesus never points out a fact that he was lacking anything. Or that he, 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 he had something and he lost it. He's saying... The works of God. What are the works of God? Those are the list of things. Partially, those are the list of things that Jesus just read in Luke chapter 4. Preaching the gospel 
to the poor, setting at liberty, recovering of sight, healing the brokenhearted. Those are works of God. And this man was born this way so that the work of God, the healing, the recovering of sight, could be made manifest in him. Now this, it should make me reevaluate myself. Because I would, I would sit here and think, well, I, would, I, I don't know why the Lord just gave me this deficiency. Why didn't he make me like this? Why would he have created me like this? He, couldn't he have just, you know, started me off right? And not with this lacking, not with this mistake, not with this whatever it is. And you fill in the blank. But Jesus says he was born like this. So that I could do my work in him. And that I could prove who I am in the work that I'm going to do in him. We talked a little bit about this. I think it was last week when we talked about our glorying in our weaknesses and our infirmities, right? So neither hath sinned. Next verse it says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. The night cometh when no man can work. Next verse. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Next verse. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle. And he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Here it doesn't say he made little clay eyeballs. Does it? The man already had the eyes. So, if he already, listen, if he already had the eyes, he already had the sight. He was born with the ability to see, but he had not had the recovery recovery of the sight ministered or healed or given to him yet so jesus anoints his eyes next verse he said unto him go wash in the pool of salome which is by interpretation sent he went his way therefore and washed and came seeing uh, what i want you to see from this passage is Jesus still ministered what he would call in Luke 4, recovery of sight. We, uh, the reason why I want you to know that is you cannot come up with a scenario. You cannot come up with a situation and say the Lord must not be able to do anything here. Because that's what the disciples wanted to do. They wanted to point a finger at a situation and say, who was wrong and why is this, you know, unbearable situation? Why is this? Why can't we just fix this? He was born this way. Yeah, Jesus says he was born this way. You know why? So that I could do my work in his life. But he's, he's not stepping outside of his word or his confines. He is recovering sight 
for the blind there. Look at Acts chapter 3. I want us to, I want us to, to read through this. And I, I know that I'm doing a lot of reading today. But I believe the Lord's been giving me these scriptures. Acts 3 and 1. There's a setting here that I want us to look at. Because remember what I said, I feel like the Lord is going to do some things for us. He's going to do some things in us. And then he's going to give us some things to help us help other people. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer being the ninth hour. And that's the lyrics to the song. (laughs) And a certain man came... A certain man lame from his mother's womb, okay? Lame from his mother's womb, just like blind from birth, right? Lame from his mother's womb. He was carried, laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them, which entered into the temple, who seeing, watch this, who seeing Peter and John, about to go into the temple, asked and all. Now, he saw them. That's what the scripture says. He saw them about to go in the temple. And he asked for alms. And look what, is it Peter? Peter fastens his eyes on him and says, look on us. Well, it already said that he saw them about to go into the temple. Why did Peter feel the need to say, look at us? Focus. But here's what the Lord, I felt like the Lord showed me in this. I'm going to read it to you because I tried to type it. You are in the periphery view of a person with a need. Peter and John, they're just going like they do to the temple. Like they had. And this person, he sees that they're about to go in. This lame man, they're about to go in, but he's not really focused on them, not really paying attention to them. And and he's, you know, because I would imagine he does this to every single person that goes by alms, alms. Would you give me something? Do you have anything? Can I have some spare change? You know, what is it that? And and, and something hit Peter and he said, hey, look at me. Don't look at my feet. Don't look at my kneecaps. Look at me. Hear me right now. There are people who you know. I don't know them, but you know them. And you are you have been and you are in their periphery view and and they're just going through their life and they're thinking, I've got this need. I've got this problem. Maybe they're one of those broken hearted we talked about. I've got this need and I don't know who, you know, can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Can anybody help? And then one day the Lord's going to lead you past them and the Lord's going to spark something in you and he's going to say, right now is the time for you to look at me here, here, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I try to be honest with you as much as I can. I try to go through my life. Come up here, DeAndre. He's going to represent me, and I'm going to represent a person with a need. Now walk from that 
side to this side. This represents me going through my daily life, and here's what I want somebody to do. Hey, wait, hey, I need you, I need you. Oh, this must be a sign from God. It hasn't happened yet. Now go back there again. Now I represent somebody with a need. He still represents me going through my daily life. Oh, man, I just wish somebody would, I wish the Lord would send someone. And do you see that? I'm the person with the need, and this person just crossed through my periphery. Now go there again. And here's the way it should happen. What I just said is going to happen. Here's how it's going to happen. As I'm walking through with my need, and this is me, the Lord's going to say, hey, wait. Look at that person. And he's going to get my attention. Thank you. You can sit down. He's going to stop and get my attention and say, how many times have you walked past this person? How many times have you talked to them? How many times have you shaken hands with them? Or maybe you sat by them at work. Or maybe they're a family member that you see, you know, every few, every few weeks or months. How many times is that going to happen before the Lord says they have a need and right now, you need to stop. You need to get their attention because I want to meet that need. Uh, and it does, see, it puts, some, it puts some, some pressure on us, if we're honest. It puts a little bit of responsibility on us to have to open our mouth and speak. Peter had to say that whole miracle started. There was nothing unique about the man laying at the gate. That happened every day. There was nothing unique about Peter and John going into the temple to pray. That happened every day. What was unique in how this whole process started was Peter going throughout his day gets arrested by the Lord and he says, hang on, I'm feeling something here. I think the Lord wants to do something here. And he turns to that man and says, look at us. And you know the rest of the story. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. I will give you something. I have something to give you. I said it, but I don't know how many of you heard it. I have something to give you. I have something to give you. Will you say those words? I have something to give you. Would you say it again like you believe it? I have something to give you. If you believe that, if you believe that you have something to give to somebody else, you have exactly as much as Peter had at the start of that whole situation. Now, I want you to look at this verse because we know Peter says, rise up and walk. And the man rises up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. And that miracle happens. Look at Acts chapter 4. I'm going to skip a lot of this, but I want you to see this, this, this passage. Verse I got to find it. 
We'll just start at verse 1. Acts 4 and 1, I'm going to read through this. This is after that whole... Okay, so let me give you a little bit of the rest of the story. The, the lame man goes leaping into the temple. Now everybody recognizes him. This is, the, this is the guy that's always laid outside the gate. Now he's in here. Does he, imagine if there was, a, there was a person out there right outside the church building, and you saw him every time you came in here. And, then, and, and, and you can tell he needs something from the Lord, but you don't know what it is, and the Lord hasn't given it to him yet. And then one Sunday we're in here, and all of a sudden you recognize that guy. Isn't that the guy that's always out there? But he doesn't look the same. He's clearly had his need met. That's what ha- So now they want to know how did this happen. Peter and John start to tell him through Jesus. That's all, almost the rest of Acts chapter 3 is Peter getting those guys, giving them the what for. Because I did it through the power of Jesus, and I know Jesus, and I know that you know Jesus, and I'm going to tell you what you did wrong about Jesus. That's the, that's the summation of the rest of that chapter. And then he finally ends up still talking about it at the end of the chapter. And, and, and ver, uh, chapter 4 starts, more guys are entering the temple. It says it's the, the Sadducees, some more priests, the high council. And here's Peter and John still going on about how they did what they did. All right? As he spake to them, the priest, the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they thought that they taught in the temple. Here, here. Is everybody doing all right? I'm trying to be done. I promise you I'm going to be done as fast as I can. The Sadducees don't like this thing called resurrection. They don't believe in the resurrecting of the dead. And so if they hear two guys preaching that somebody was killed and crucified and buried and then he rose again, that's not going to sit well with them. Verse 2, it says it, being grieved that they, taught the te- that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. They laid their hands on them, put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard, listen, this, can, this is not a small fact. This verse is not a small fact. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed. Heard the word, saw the miracle, saw the man leaping and praising God. They saw the evidence with their own eyes. The number of the men was about 5,000. Five, it started with Peter. Hey, look at me. I got something for you. 5,000 people later. They're still there. They, they lock them up. Say, we're going to have to talk more about this. Verse 7. When they set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or what, by what name have you done this? Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said to them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we did this, if we this day be examined by the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he's made whole, be it known unto you all, All the people of Israel, by the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified. 
Look back at chapter 3, verse 12. This is, the, this is my last point, I think. Because it says it in there that, that they recognize these men must have been followers of Jesus. These men that did this must have spent some time with Jesus. But now, this is 2020, right? Back then, it was still fresh who Jesus was, what he did. Remember, these are his disciples. These are his companions, the same guys that were with him every day. Now they go to the temple and this happens. When Peter saw it, he answered unto them, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? This has to do with our faith. Why don't you stand with me? I'm, that's going to give you a little bit more hope that I'm almost done. This has to do with our faith. I said it earlier. I have something to give you. And you need to feel that way. I have something I can give somebody else. But when they see a miracle and they are confounded, he says marveled. Another term would be surprised. We can't believe that that just happened. Wow. Here's what they cannot say. We've never seen anything like that before. They can't say that. I mean, Jesus Christ dwelt among them, walked among them, and healed this one, and healed this one, and raised this one from the dead. And he healed, I mean, everywhere he went, he was doing mighty works and mighty miracles. So for, for someone to say, I've never heard of that before. I didn't know a layman could get up and walk. That is not, that's not the case. The new thing is that it's being done through other people. It's kind of like that, that demon that says, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but I don't know who you are. I don't know. Is it wrong to say that that spirit was upon those people that day? We knew Jesus. We, yeah, that, I'll be, we, 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 got, we took care of that guy. I mean, we put an end to that. This is the same crowd, by the way, that was there watching this. Not only watching, these are the same crowd that said the words, crucify him. Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of the day, they felt like that situation we finally got it taken care of. That healer, that miracle worker, that guy that goes around spitting in the dirt and healing somebody's eyes. We don't have to worry about that anymore. And then Peter does what he does there, and we've got a reoccurrence of the situation. You're telling me that by the power of the name of the man that we just crucified and put in the ground, 
You're telling me we didn't really accomplish what we thought we were going to accomplish? And I have news for you today. You have that same power to give to other people. I have it for myself. I'm trying still my best every day to harness it. For my own sake, I need it for my mind. I need it for my spirit. I need it for my body. I need it for my family. I've got that power. But you know what? You've got that power. We've got that power. And we have people every day just like that lame man that we're walking by with a need and a need and another need and another need. There is nothing that sets Peter and John above us in this realm, in this context. Well, they were lucky because they got to walk with Jesus. You gotta, you have the Holy Ghost? Do you get to walk with Jesus? I get to walk with Jesus. You know what? I got one better than them. He's at my house right now. He is. The Spirit of Jesus Christ that's in this room and in my heart and in my soul is also watching my back door right now. Now, if he decides to let somebody in, that's his business. But that, that's what I need. That's all that I need. And furthermore, that's all that anyone else needs to receive from us. Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. Let's pray. Jesus, God, you've given us your spirit. You've given us the power of your spirit. Jesus, you long to dwell inside of us. You have, you've been sent, God, that we wouldn't perish from our sins, that we would receive remission of our sins. Jesus, that's why you died on the cross. Lord, but before you died on the cross, you took stripes on your back. Before you died on the cross, you endured shame. You endured heartache. You endured pain, every part of it, so that we wouldn't have to. Jesus, so that we wouldn't have to. You carried our cross. You carried our shame. Jesus, and you've put that word inside of us. I thank you for it. Lord, I pray right now, let us receive it and let us walk in it, God. And then let us be used by you to share it with other people. I want to open these altars right now. I want to give you a chance to respond to what the Lord is doing here today. Come on, if you just need to receive some healing, He's here today to heal the broken heart, the wounded spirit. He's here for that today. If you need a word of faith, 
He's here for that today. If you want to present your bodies as someone available to work for God, He's here for that today. Come on, let's pray, church, in the name of Jesus. This altar is open. I'm encouraging you. Respond to what the Lord has said today. Respond to what the Lord has said today.
Praise God. I want to I want to tell you just one quick story here before we go. I just heard this recently. Uh, <clears throat> a couple that belonged to one of the other congregations in of Life Church uh, were were talking about a a healing that the Lord had done for for her for the wife, and she said that from from a child I think she said eleven years old she was diagnosed with arthritis. And it was pretty much all throughout her body. And she said different times of different days, different parts of her body would ache. And that's just, she got used to that. But it has started to progress a little as she's gotten older. She's, uh, she's older now with children, grandchildren. And, and she, uh, she just said, Lord, is this something I'm always going to have to do? And I'll go through it. You know, I'll, I'll, I will, uh, I'm willing to to endure this, to still be a part of your kingdom and do the work. And she, sometimes she'll praise sing in her congregation and she'll, she'll get up on the platform and she says, by the time I'm done, it hurts to just walk down off the platform and back to my seat. But you know, what else can I do? I'm called to do this. This is the work of God for me and the will of God where he's one of the men, one of the areas of ministry that he's used her in. And she said just recently on on a Saturday night before Sunday, the, the pain was getting really bad. I think she said it was in her feet and her knees. And she was laying awake 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and thinking, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to go to church tomorrow because of how bad this is. And she said, I can either take one of these pills, and I know it's going to knock me out, and I definitely won't be at church then. Well, at least get a little bit of relief or I can try to endure. She said, I just felt to go and, and lay in bed and try to rest and kind of stirred her husband a little bit. And she said, I, I just need you to pray for me that I get some rest. And all that he did was he put his hand on her shoulder and said, in Jesus' name. She said, as soon as he did that, every pain was gone. Every ache was gone. She said, I got a few good hours of sleep. I was up getting ready. She said, I decided to wear heels to church that day, and it didn't even hurt. But she remarked, all that he did was say, in Jesus' name. Now, she, she, she's, she's had this from a child. She's been prayed for this many times over in the altars, Bible studies, calling and asking people to pray. I say all that to say, and I, I, I believe it was this past week I was listening to a minister. He said this, if God did not heal you right away when you prayed for it, all that that means is he's going to heal you in his time when he's ready to do it. And she is a prime example of that. Why God didn't do it last year or the year before or the year before. We don't know. Only he knows. He has all wisdom. But, see, it's easy to get downtrodden, downcast in our faith and say, I've been prayed for and it didn't work, so it must not work. But she says just the simplicity of her husband's prayer. I, I tell you what, I've prayed some of those three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning prayers and usually that's about all you can get out, right? I mean, if you're woken up to pray and you're ready to go back to sleep, you can just about get that much out and I mean, I'm telling you, I'll just be honest, I don't really 
go straight into an intercession from, you know. But that's all that it takes is, this is what the disciple said, through his name and through faith in his name hath this man be made whole. Jesus, we thank you for your faith that's here today. We feel it in this room, Father. We feel it in this room, God, and we thank you for it. I thank you, God, for the ministries that you've given to your people to share words of faith, God, to share gifts of faith in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray it today. Let this word be established in our hearts and in our minds, Father. Jesus, we pray to you. We express our faith in you, God, and then we wait on you. We wait on you, Jesus, for your timing. Jesus, you've made all things perfect in their time. In the name of Jesus, let it be today, God, according to your will. We receive it in Jesus' name. Would you just say, I receive it. I receive it today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. You are dismissed.